book of Romans, chapter number 12, is where we're going to begin this morning. The book of Romans, chapter number 12. You know, I, I originally had something else, but uh, I want to get with after the resurrection, but the Lord put this uh, message in my spirit, and I'm quite sure when, when, when we finish it, when the Lord finishes, then we will know, uh, all of us will know why, okay? Romans chapter number 12, and the title uh, this morning is Loving the Unlovable. Loving the Unlovable. Romans chapter number 12, and we're going to begin reading at verse number 18. Now, when we talk about loving the unlovable, we say it is a difficult task, and that's true. But God has shown us through the Word that there have been people that, that was before us, they were able to do this. All right? Now, looking at verse number 18 in Romans chapter number 12, Father, I thank you now. I pray in the name of Jesus that you use me for your vessel. Crown me with your anointing. Let your spirit rest upon me. Hide me behind the cross and declare and decree your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Romans chapter number 12, looking at verse number 18. Verse 18 says, and I love the first word. It says, if. So that means it's not automatically you're able to do it. It says, if it be possible. So by saying, if it be possible, that shows me that there is some difficulties in loving those that are unlovable. Amen? Can we agree on that? Amen? We can agree. It is difficult to love those people in our lives or come through our way uh, that's unlovable. Amen? He says, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you. See, the power is in each individual. It says that lies within you. Some folk might can handle some people a little bit different than others. Amen? Now, uh, it depends on our temperament. Now, my temperament and Dr. Mellon's temperament is two different things. Can we agree? <laughs> Most people say amen that we can agree. Amen. But it says this in, in the Word. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peacefully with all men. So we know there's some difficulties, okay? But it's God's word is teaching us, uh, if it be possible, we want to be at peace with all men. And we've got some crazy folk out there, right? You know, on our jobs, in our household, in our families, in our acquaintances, church folk, amen. You know, it's, but it says, if it's possible now, we got to be at peace with all men. Now, then it says, as we drop down to verse number 20, it says, this is God's plan now for loving those unlovable people. In verse number 20, it says, Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, the word of God says, what you do? You feed him. That's talking about you, you give to his need. You give to his need. So it says, therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. He doesn't say cut his head off. Well, most of us, me too, there are times when we want to just zap it. Amen? We, we, we want to take the heads off, right? But according to what God is saying, 
know, he tells us to, to feed our enemy, and he gives them something to drink, and then it says this, whenever you do that, for in so doing, thou shalt keep coals of fire on his head. Now, that, that does not mean that well, a bolt of lightning is going to come down because he's kind to somebody, okay? Because, you know, some of us be like the, uh, um, those two guys that, that were disciples that were with Jesus, uh, and they wanted, because they, they received Christ, they wanted to call down a fire from heaven. And Jesus told them, said, you don't know what spirit you are. So if that does not mean that when we, when we put heaping coals of fire on the head, that does not mean that we're going to zap them. We want God to zap them. It doesn't mean that. It means that by showing an expression of love, and even though that heaping, uh, 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 the heaping coals of fire comes on the head, um, pain will come. Now, they're going to receive some pain. Now, whenever it's good not to be the one on the receiving end, because, see, pain is going to come with that. But the reason why pain is going to come with that, we want them to come to a place of repentance. Amen? So that's why we do what we do. That's why we're kind toward one another, even though it kind of moves us in the wrong way. But God says what will happen that your expression of love and giving to their needs, it very well may bring them to repentance. Amen? Now, let's go to the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. Chapter number 24. We're talking about loving the unlovable. Loving the unlovable. Loving the unlovable. First Samuel chapter number 24. Loving the unlovable. Chapter number 24 in the book of First Samuel, it says this, beginning with verse number 3. It says, and, and he came to the sheep coast. We're talking about David here. By the way, was a cave, and Saul went in to cover his feet, and David and his men remained in the side of the cave. Now, a little bit about this story. Now, David had an enemy by the name of Saul, and he wanted to kill David. Now, I want to say this to all of us. God will always give us an opportunity to kill our enemy. He'll give us an, uh, an opportunity uh, to kill our enemy. Now, and that opportunity for us is just a test. Because if you note now in verse number 3, Saul shows up in the same cave where David already is. It's just like your enemy, uh, uh, you've been in the presence of your enemy, and you can hold this, the life and death. And of course, we know life and death is in the power of the tongue. We can either curse our enemy, or we can speak kind words over our enemy. But, it's up to every individual what we decide to do, right? Amen. Because sometimes we want to speak death, right? I do. I, can we be real? Amen. Remember what the word says, if it's all possible. <laughs> yeah. There's some difficulties. Amen. But God will test us to see exactly what we will do. Amen. And he leaves people here in the word. Now, looking at verse number 4, 1 Samuel chapter number 24. Because we're talking about loving the unlovable. Verse 4 says, And the men of David said unto him, Behold, the day of which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thine enemy into thine hand, 
that thou mayest do to him as it seemed good unto thee. Then David arose, and he cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privately. That's the test. God will allow us to be tested when it comes down to doing good to our enemy or to do bad to our enemy. He says, now, God will deliver your enemy into your hand. He'll do that. But all that is is a test to see exactly where we are spiritually within. Do we always pass the test? Absolutely not. Amen. We don't, we don't, I would lie to you if I stood here and say to each one of you, oh, I pass that test every time. Because ever since God gave me this word, we have really been tested this week. Probably the last two weeks, since it's been two weeks since God gave it to us. It was been a test after test because there comes a time when you do well or you do good to people and, and, and they walk away and they leave you holding the bag and all of a sudden that when they're in need, when they're in, in need, because we had a phone call the other day and someone had, had, had really, really uh, done a lot of things for to help them along the way uh, because there was at a low point when, we first, when they first came into our lives. But then what happened was, you know, as they began to progress, and God began to bless, then they turned in a different route. They went a different way. However, they were in a place of great need. Now, I learned something from the last time, so I didn't go that route no more, okay? Now, God does give me common sense. But what happened was, they were in great need. And they said to us, the, and they called me on the phone, and, and the voice was just, okay, I don't quite know who this is. Was, the voice was very unfamiliar. Then they identified who they were. I'm like, okay, all right. And then finally they get to the reason why they called. They wanted some money. Hadn't seen them in two, three, maybe four years probably. But they were in a place of need, loving the unlovable. I'm sitting there listening, and they wanted us to do this, this thing for them. And I said to them, I don't do that for my own children. I, I, I'm afraid I, I can't do that, but I will pray for you. Amen. I will pray for you, but I cannot give you a lump sum of money. Amen. And I'm sitting over there, and Dr. Manley, he's listening. He pretends that he's not listening while he's sitting in that chair, okay? But he's listening all the time. He said, who is that? And I'm, I'm trying to whisper who it was. And... And it was so ironic. He said, hang up your phone. I said, well, and I thought about the word God had given me, loving the unlovable. I was very kind with my words, very gentle, uh, very caring. And I gave them the greatest gift that I could give them, and that was prayer. I said, I will pray for your situation. Amen. Because, see, when people do you wrong, you know, there is still some hurt down off in there, right? Can we say that? Can we be real, church folk? Amen. Talking about loving the unlovable. So God will put you to the test to see how you are going to respond. Now, here David, what he does, he just cuts the, the skirt of a, off the of Saul's robe. Now, verse 6, now watch this, verse 6, when first, uh, first Samuel chapter number 24. Verse 6 says, And he said unto his, unto his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master, the Lord's what? The Lord's anointed. 
to stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing he is anointed of the Lord. So we have to be very, very careful when we go against individuals, especially if they've been anointed by God. And that's why so many times we find ourselves in situations because we have touched the Lord's anointing, not physically, but with our mouth. A lot of times we say things we ought not to be saying against somebody because we don't care for their behavior. But like David, even though Saul was trying to kill him, he was too afraid of God to touch his anointing, to kill him. He was presented with opportunity. God goes, God has given all of us at some time or another and in the future an opportunity to do what we will with our enemy and it will be up to us to pass the test. Amen? So to hear this word, that means somewhere we're going to be faced with this situation. Amen? Amen. Whether it be on your job, you know, whether it be with the church family, whether it be your, your, your blood family, somebody that you are in a place, you know, you don't never know, but we will be tested. Amen? We're tested every day. Now, let's look at verse number 16 in 1 Samuel chapter number 24. Because, see, the test is going to come. Verse 16 says, And it came to pass, when David had made an end of speaking these words unto Saul, that Saul said, Is, is this the voice of my son David? And, he, and Saul lifted up his voice, and he wept and cried. And verse 17 says, And he said to David, Thou art more righteous than I, for thou hast rewarded me good, whereas I have rewarded thee evil. See, whenever we do good to those that despitefully use us and persecute us, see, they will know and they will measure themselves uh, because of the fact that, okay, Saul said, hey, David, you're more righteous than me. Man, I didn't try to kill you. But here it is, you have spared my life. Do we not know that our enemies, when we do good toward them, they will come to the understanding, okay, they're not as bad as I thought. Because that individual the other day says to me, said, uh, I had to really humble my pride to call. I'm sure you did. Amen. I'm, I'm quite sure. Amen. But it's, it's, remember now, keeping coals of a fire upon the head, you know, that's pain, but it's going to bring them to a place of conviction. So it brought that individual to a place of humility. Amen. Now, going back to 1 Samuel chapter number 24, Looking at verse uh, number 18, because, see, that your enemy was going to have a reflection of your good. Your enemy will have a reflection of your good. Now, verse 18 says, And thou hast shown this day how that thou have dwelt well with me, for as much as when the Lord had delivered me into thine hand, thou killest me not. You will be put in a, in a, in a situation, in a circumstance, well, you're going to be able to, to it, it might be on your job where something happens and you might be the one to say, hey, yeah, they did it, I saw them, you know, uh, and they said the wrong thing or whatever. But that may come a time when you're going to have to zip it and close it up and show some love toward the very one that's really done real bad to you. Amen. Amen. What is that? Loving the unlovable. God knows they are unlovable. But God is putting the, t the test is for us. Amen. It's not for the one that's unlovable. It's, the, it's, it's for us. The 
19 says. 19 says, and we're still in 1 Samuel chapter number 24. 1 Samuel 24 verse 19 says, For if a man find his enemy, will he let him go away well? Think about some situations you've been in. And you know this person has done you wrong. Did you let them go away well? Or did you have to have the final say-so? Thank you, sister. Amen. Uh, we're about honesty, right? Because none of us have arrived. Amen. <laughs> have none of us made it in. Amen. I don't, I don't see no halos on nobody's head, no crowns or nothing like that. Because we are all striving to get there. Amen. And if it was not for the power of the Holy Ghost, we would have gone off on a whole lot of folk, Minister Tom. Amen. I'm one included. Amen. I, preacher or no preacher, we are, we are still human and in flesh, and, it, and we don't have a bad day, and somebody come up to us, and we're having a bad day, yes, ma'am, we're probably going to let them have it with both barrels, right? Amen. Can we be real? See, the problem with church, but we don't want to be real. We want, it. we want people to think we've, we've done everything right. We're always perfect. We say the right thing. We do the right thing. But here's the rude awakening. Baby, you are not that. I'm, I hate to uh, make you understand. I want you to understand. But you're not a bag of chips and all of that. You do the same thing everybody else does too. Amen. See, we, we've got leaders put up on, on pedestals as if they do no wrong. Yeah, they do wrong. We all do wrong. Amen. But we didn't come to understand that we all got to come in line. Amen. Because God says now in this word, if it be possible. Thank you, Lord, for the if, if it be. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Ghost. He knows. Without the Holy Ghost, we would go off. At least I would. Amen. I can be real. Amen. Now, it says here, for if a man find, if we find our enemy, will we let him go away well? Then he says this, wherefore the Lord reward be good, for thou have done good unto me this day. In other words, when we do good to our enemy, the word of God says he will reward us with good. See, if we talk about who is the benefit, uh, the benefactor of the person that is the giver. Now, sometimes we think the one that's going to receive is the one that's going to be blessed. But no, the giver is the one that's going to be blessed because he's a giver, and according to the word of God, He'll get it pressed down, running over, shaking together, that men will give back to you. So in giving, you're the one that benefits from the giving. Amen. Now, let's go to um, let's go to um, 1 Samuel chapter number 26. 1 Samuel chapter number 26. All right. 1 Samuel chapter number 26. 1 Samuel chapter number 26. All right. Now, 1 Samuel chapter number 26, looking at verse number 8. Verse 8 says, Then said Abishai, Abishai means father of gifts, David, God hath delivered mine enemy into thine hand this day. Now, therefore, let me smite him. I pray thee with the spear even to the earth at once, and I will not smite him the second time. And David said unto Abishai, which is the father of gifts, he said, destroy him not. You'll have people around you say, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. They deserve it. You've you got a right. You've you got a right to do it. 
But here comes a time that's still a test now. That's still a test. Because he says in verse number 9, he's telling David, so you go ahead. Uh, one of his, um, those that was with him said, so let me do it for you. Let, let me do Let me handle it. Let me. I, I remember uh, we were in a service. It was about 15 years ago maybe now. And we had some unruly saints. Can I say that? If that's possible. We had some unruly saints at the church. And, 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 and they wanted to go up against the pastor. Amen. And, and I'll never forget, you know, the pastor was down uh, 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 in, his, uh, in his office. And one of the deacons, and he was he was noted to carry a gun, you know, one of the deacons. And he said, well, pastor, let me let me handle him. Let me handle him. And he was willing to handle him. Because he was literally packing. And the pastor said, no, no, God will work it out. And God did work it out. God moved that individual right on out of there. Amen. See, God had a way. We don't have to touch him. Let God do it. Because this is what David says here. We talk about loving the unlovable. He says, and David said to Abishai, destroy him not. For who can stretch forth his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? In other words, when we touch God's anointed, there's a penalty that comes with it. So that's why we have to be very careful in the things that we say, the things that we do, because we will not be guiltless, is what the Word of God says. In other words, there's a penalty, there's a payoff, there's a payoff that has to come when we touch God's anointed. So we don't want to do that, amen? When you see the, the anointing of God resting on, some, on the individual, regardless of what is going on in their life, make sure we do not come up against that because we might be coming up against the anointing. We look at the individual, we don't look at the fact that God has his anointing upon him. Because, see, David is a prime example. Now, verse uh, number 10 says, watch how David answers his servant. Verse 10 says, David said, furthermore, as the Lord liveth, the Lord shall smite him. Okay? Let God handle it. That's what he's saying. The Lord might smite him, or his day shall come to die. In other words, he may live out of time, and he will come to death. And then the last thing David says to him uh, is, or he shall descend into battle and perish. In other words, he'll go out there and he'll be in battle, and next thing you know, he's going to get killed. So there's, there's three options there, is what he's saying. There's three options. So we want to make sure those people that is unlovable, give it to the Lord, and understand that God says, I forbid all of this. I forbid this. I forbid it. And verse number 11 says, The Lord forbid that I should stretch forth mine hand against the Lord's anointed. But I pray thee, take thou now the spear that is at his bolster and the cruise of water and let us go. So what he's saying here is, okay, what's happening? We're going to let him go. Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Now, let's look at 1 Samuel chapter number 18. All right? Understanding why everything is happening the way it's happening. 1 Samuel chapter number 18. 1 Samuel chapter number 18. Amen. Here it, it talks about how David, how, how David uh, was at a place wherein uh, he wants to kill Saul because of what 
he had done to us. Okay? Now, looking at verse number 6 and 7. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Chapter number 18, verse 7. Now, looking at verse number 16, verse number 6, because we're going to look at the latter part of uh, 1 Samuel 18. It says, And it came to pass, as they came when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistines, that the women came out of the city of Israel that were singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambour, with joy, and with instruments of music. There was a celebration going on because a battle had been won. Now, listen to what happened while your enemy wants to destroy you, okay? Verse number 7 says, And the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousand and David his ten thousand. We have to understand that the reason why we've got some unlovable people in our lives, it is because they do not like the success that you are having and that God has given you. If you are successful in God and if you've been given favor, you cannot expect your enemy to love you. Amen. Faith is despised your success. That's why they want to kill you, okay? See, David uh, was successful in battle. See, when the celebration came and they were praised, getting praised, and Saul thought he was going to get the praise, they started calling out David's name. You know, and, and they kind of demoted Saul and promoted David. Well, whenever your enemy get demoted and you get promoted, you can look for the enemy to come up against you. Amen? If you hadn't been there, you will get there because God has given this word for a reason. Now, watch what the enemy will try to do. Verse number 11, 1 Samuel chapter number 18. Verse 18 says, And Saul cast a javelin, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it, and David avoided out of his presence twice. In other words, he had a javelin. He, he had this thing where he was trying to literally try to kill David. And the reason why he was trying to kill him, it was because of David's success. It is because of your success that the enemy wants to wipe you off the map. It's because of your success. It's because of God's anointing that the enemy despises you. And that's another test, Sister Sandra. That's another test. Amen. It's, another, it's a test. It's a test. To see what we're going to do when the enemy, what we're going to do when the enemy try to kill us? Are we going to do the same thing back to them? But see, that's not the way of God. See, you can bring pain on your enemy by putting heaping coals of fire, and I mean that means a blood upon them. Because I know, like most young people, they ready to get down, right? Right then, they don't wait. Amen. But there is a way that God says we have to do it. So you let God handle it. Amen? Now, let's go to, let's look at verse number 28. Yeah, in the same, in same chapter, First Samuel chapter 18. Uh, verse number 28. It says, and Saul, watch this. See, your enemy knows what's upon you. You may not. And that's the sad part. Most saints do not know that the anointing of God is upon their life. Here it is. Verse 28 says, and Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David and that Michael's daughter loved him. And Saul was yet the more afraid of David. And Saul became David's enemy continuously. Now, there's some things we hear we, I just saw in this verse, okay? Now, what the enemy sees is this. The enemy sees 
that the Lord, he saw, the word says, and saw, saw, and knew. Okay, your enemy, my enemy, they know that God is with them. They know that favor and anointing is upon your life. See, your enemy sees that. Most, most saints don't see it. Most saints don't see how gifted and how anointed they are. But you can rest assured your enemy does. That's why Satan tried to kill a whole lot of us out. Because he does not want us to be effective in the kingdom of darkness. Because, see, light will dispel darkness. Amen? But we're talking about loving the unlovable. And, see, your enemy will never give up because he always won't take you out. Amen? This is not a one-time thing. He's going to continually be there. Now, let's go to the next challenge of loving the unlovable. Let's go to 2 Samuel chapter number 16. 2 Samuel chapter number 16. And this is where most of us really, really fail. Amen. Amen. Second Samuel chapter number 16. Next thing that happens with us, there comes a face-to-face confrontation with our enemy. What do you do when your enemy is up in your face? How do you handle it? How do you handle it? Amen. Talking about loving, help Holy Ghost, the unlovable. Amen. Now, Second Samuel chapter number sixteen, beginning at verse number five. All right, we got to deal with some words. Verse number five says, "And when King David came to Baharam, now the word Baharam there uh, in the Hebrew means choice. Okay, keep that word in mind. Choice. He came there to a place of choice. Behold." This came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shemiel. That means one that hears, or he's worried about his reputation, or fame. Okay? Then he says he's the son, which means he's the builder of Gerah. Now, Gerah means comeback, or it means dispute. So, here it is. Now, here comes the enemy that David wants again. All right? But David has a choice. He can either... Worry about his reputation, or he can get in a dispute or come in confrontation with his enemy. All right? Now, watch what the enemy does here in verse number 6 in Second Samuel chapter 16. It says, And he cast stones at David. And all the servants of King David and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left hand. Now, what do you do when your enemy is up in your face and, your, and you're surrounded by your friends? And you've got a face-to-face confrontation. Wow. That's rough, ain't it? That's rough, ain't it, Miss Jane? That's <laughs> me as well. The enemy, I mean, your friends all around you, and here come that bully up in your face. Now, we're talking about loving, and oh, Holy Ghost, you're going to have to show up help me. Ain't that right, J.J.? You've got, you know, you got to have the Holy Spirit on board then, because here he is now. He's talking, he's talking junk right in the midst of your friends. And not only does he do that, but look at this. He says, and thus said Shemil, when he what cursed, wow, come out, come out. Thy bloody man, thou man of beauty. Now, the, the, the word beautiful there means worthless. 
Here it is. Not only is the complication up in your face, but he's cursing you out in the front of your friend. What you say? Mm, have mercy. That's right. Have mercy. Loving the unlovable. I'm like, oh my God. I mean, it's a confrontation. I mean, it's a major confrontation. You're going to have to worry about your reputation or your name amongst your friends that you may be the leader of, and you got this joker up in your face warning you to prove yourself. You say you're a child of God. Let's see. You name the name of Jesus. Let's see. And he's going to be up. I see you, Miss Annie. <laughs> Have mercy, Lord. Because we're all at that place, right? Holy Ghost, if you don't restrain me, sometimes I might kind of lose it. But I still have to get to the point of God is teaching us how to love the unlovable. Face-to-face competition. Face-to-face confrontation. About ready to get it on. Up in your face. Cursing you. Calling your name. What are we going to do? Well, the book is going to give us an answer, right? I, I, I can't tell you what Brennan wants or what Brennan would do or what the right answer is. But I can tell you what God says the right answer is for all of us, right? For all of us. Now, let's look at verse number 9. Verse number 9 says this. Then says Abishon, which is the father of his, he's the son of Zarua. Zarua mean, it means, uh, a, a, um, it means uh, pain. It means tribulation. He's the builder of pain and tribulation. He says, why should this dead dog curse my Lord the King? Let me go over, I pray thee, and do what? Take off his head. See, that's some of them They said, you don't have to handle it. Hey, hey I, I can handle it. I, I'll take off his head. He don't have to curse you like that. You ain't got to take none of that. That, 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 that's what them friends around us would say, right? You know how it is when they get in your ear. Man, you ain't got to take all that. You ain't got to do that. You, 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 let me do it for you if you don't want to do it. You know, if you worry about it, let me handle this one for you. Now, look at verse number 10. Verse 10 says, And the king said, What have I to do with you, ye builder of pain and tribulation? So let him curse. Because the Lord has said unto him, Curse David. See, see the test is coming from the Lord to see what we're going to do. In other words, it's really building our character. It's helping us to grow, even though we don't feel like growing at the time, right? Amen. We don't feel like growing at the time. No, we don't, we don't feel like growing. No. Uh-uh. So he says here, he says, Curse David. Who shall then say, Wherefore have thou done so? Now, Dropping down to verse number 12, and we got one more verse, and then we're going to be done. Now, verse number 12 says this in 2 Samuel chapter number 16. Because we're talking about loving the unlovable. Now, verse 12 says, it may be, now David's speaking, it may be that the Lord will look on my affliction and 
that the Lord will repay me good for his curse in this day. In other words, David said, wait a minute. Let's don't, do, don't, let's don't act the way they act. Let's don't do the way they do. And the reason being, it just might be God has got to reward for me. Can we, can we count to ten or maybe one hundred? No, that's too far, right? Let's go from one to five and maybe one to ten. And think, okay, if, if I handle this in the right way, could be that there is a reward God has for me. That's amazing. If we can handle it like that. See, most of us don't count. We, 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 start, we start at zero and we go at zero, right? In other words, instead of saying one, two, three, you know how they tell you to count when you're angry and upset? And yeah, they tell you to do all that stuff. You know, that's that scientific stuff. But most of us at zero and we're ready to go at zero. I mean, ain't no counting there. But there, God says, listen, David says, this could be, there's a, a payment of a reward. God very well may pay me for this person cursing me out. Now, that's a hard pill to swallow. That means David had to really to have grown at that time. He had to have really grown, amen? Because, see, here's somebody who's trying to kill him. And then mine trying to kill him. I mean, chase him down to kill him, amen? But he knew that somewhere... If he accepted that chastisement, and, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit, and that's what it is, God very well may bring a reward with it, okay? And verse 13 says, And David said, and David and his men went by their way. They went along on the hillside over against him, the man that was cursing him out, and he cursed as he went. And then not only did he curse as he went, then he threw stones at him, and then he kicked up the dust. In other words, he's leaving your present, but he's still cursing. But your, your mind is on that reward that's going to come your way. That reward could be your promotion. Amen. That reward could be your promotion on your job. Amen. See, we don't know what kind of reward God's going to bring if we learn how to handle it God's way. Amen. Now, let's look at Matthew. This is our last verse. Matthew chapter number 5. St. Matthew chapter number 5. St. Matthew chapter number 5. Loving the unlovable. Loving the unlovable. Loving the unlovable. Now we had an uh, 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 examination this morning from the Holy Spirit that we did inventory on ourselves. And you saw what we were? Amen, I did. I've been doing it for two weeks ever since God gave me the word. Because it comes to the preacher first. Amen. Amen. Because we get tested. Now, for two weeks we were tested. Lord have mercy, Jesus. But Matthew chapter number 5, and this is a reminder. You know, sometimes we, when we're in the Word, sometimes we forget those familiar scriptures. And we don't read them as much. And we find ourselves going the wrong way. God has to bring us back in and let us see. Now, St. Matthew chapter number 5, looking at verse number 14. Talking about loving the unlovable. All right? Verse 44 says, But I say unto you, now this is in red writing, Jesus is speaking, but I say unto you, what's the next word? Love. Love who? Your friends? Uh-uh. Love your enemies. Bless them that do what? Curse you. Do good to them that 
hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Bless, love, pray. And well, baby, do good. Do good. Love your enemy. Bless your enemy. Do good to them and pray for them. Now, what I did was I prayed. I did. I, you know, I loved them, still love them. But the good was in the mind. I didn't, I didn't release that because Holy Ghost didn't tell me to release no money. Amen. But I did pray for them. Amen. Yeah, they prayed for them. So here God gives us the means how to love the unlovable. Because we all have people that are unlovable that we encounter every day. But the antidote is, God said, you love your enemy, bless those that curse you, help you. Do good to them that hate you, those that despitefully use you and persecute you. He said, you pray for them. Pray for them. Amen. Loving the unlovable. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. For his word. Amen. Loving the 